0: It's episode 28 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. We get to have another upset win to react to tonight, guys. How are you doing tonight?
1: That's awesome. I'm feeling a little nervous for our beards, but other than that, I'm, mad. I'm our, beard.
0: our beards are feeling a little unsafe right now. The friends have <laughs> now won two in a row, which sounds so insignificant, honestly. But yeah, we've won two in a row. We're still far ways away from that in five in a row, though, so we can still, our beers can feel a little safe here. But um, Stranger
1: things have happened. <laughs> that's for sure,
0: especially when you get great goaltending like the Preds are getting in the these oh, last two wins from yeah. uh, pecorino and UC Soros. But uh, again, you're listening to episode 28 of the Catfish on Ice podcast, and we've got a really fun show lined up for you tonight. Uh, this is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe and Colin Blue, and your hosts. And uh, we're going to react to the win that we just saw. The Preds just got another upset win over the Florida Panthers by a score of 2-1. to one. And they are looking like they are just marching right on and they're not ready to quit. They're not ready to give up on, on, on the season, even though a lot of fans have. And so they're keeping things interesting, guys. So we're going to talk about the win tonight over the Florida Panthers. We're also, since we've passed the midway point of the season, we're going to all talk about our biggest uh, takeaways and biggest developments from the first half of the season. Some things that have really stu- stood out to us, and then we're going to round up, round out episode twenty-eight with an awesome interview that we have lined up with uh, Rick Stevens of All Habs Podcast and Rocket Sports Radio. He covers the uh, Montreal Canadiens. He covers the uh, North Division. So we wanted to really have someone with his expertise on the show to get us caught up on everything that's going on north of the border with those teams. So, are we ready to dive right into it, guys? Let's do it. All right. So, uh, we got March Madness just started tonight, uh, the NCAA uh, basketball tournament. And uh, we need you to go out there and get that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Uh, And you can turn $4 into $256, a $4 bet. All you got to do is download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code THPN to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you do have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, call 1 800 with it. So, yeah, go get that app if you haven't already and use that promo code and bet on these underdogs. Because we always know that these underdogs end up winning some games in the tournament. So, go pick that underdog. I think Colin has an underdog, right? You have Georgia Tech. I, or they, they're yep. not, I guess they're not really considered an underdog in the first round, but.
1: I mean, it's a 9, nine 8 seed. So, you know, we'll take the underdog status. If that's what it takes but, to get some motivation, we'll do it. But in the
0: last episode, we talked about our brackets and Colin has Georgia Tech, the yellow jackets going to win it all, right?
1: Yep. Yep. So
0: if you want to call if you want to call that an underdog, that's an underdog right there. Oh, yeah. So, uh,
1: for, fortune favors the bold. Let's go. Sure. <laughs> there
0: you go. There you go, right there. Awesome. All right. So so we just got this win over the Florida Panthers, and it was we saw UC Soros return to the lineup and we'll talk about a triumphant return uh, for UC Soros. Um, I got to pull up the exact save numbers, but, I mean, the Panthers definitely tested him early and often. He had to be sharp. He didn't show any rust from being out for as long as he did. He gave Pecarine that rest he needed, and he was a big reason why the Preds got this win tonight. Uh, look, Rich, how about you uh, fire it off and just let us know kind of what you think about the game and what happened.
2: So the first thing I want to ask you guys is did, when this season started, did you ever think that Callie Yarncrook would almost be tied with Philip Forsberg in goals?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: I
0: mean, no, no.
2: What is I, I mean, he's always
0: Yarncrook's always been a great goal scorer. He's never been like a top goal scorer on the team by any means. So I, no, I would never, I would have never guessed that.
1: I wouldn't have guessed that he'd be tied for a combined uh, number of goals with Duchesne, Johansson, Arvidsson, but here we are.
2: Right. Yeah. So if he, uh, I mean, if they wind up doing the rebuild, which they they still need to do it no matter what happens, he's going to – like if he winds up being one of the guys getting traded, he's going to make a team very happy. I mean, he's he's playing really well. But um, I didn't get to watch like the whole game, but I did watch enough. I watched the third period, and I mean, they are just looking sharp. And it's it's making me question like – What's going to happen when when everybody gets back? Like all the, you know, your your Ryan Ellis, your that's
0: exactly how I feel about it. It's making <laughs> it's, you, it's really. I was actually thinking that towards the end of the game, exactly what you just said, Rich. I was thinking about Matt Shane coming back into the lineup. I was yeah. even thinking about Roman Yossi, and not that I'm not crazy in saying Roman Yossi doesn't need to be right. right back into into the lineup when he comes back. But you can't help but think about that because this team is showing all this fight. And all this uh, grit and tenacity, they're beating these teams that are farly superior to them on paper, and they're doing it with, you know, primarily younger players, inexperienced players, unproven players. Um, so it, you can't help but think about what you just brought up there, Rich.
2: Yeah, and it's just like what, like, I really like that they're winning and they're playing so well, but. Please. I, I just hope that that David Poyle does not take this as like some kind of signal to not rebuild this team or like try to ride it out or whatever. Cause they, they got to do it. I mean, as much as they're winning and we, we love that. It's still, they got to make changes.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think that maybe we're looking at it with all these youth, with all the youth doing what they're doing and being as strong as they are. we're saying, okay, maybe not a rebuild, but a retool, but it has to be stronger than what's been done in the past. And we need to actually lean into the youth movement. The youth have made the case that they should have been believed in from the, from the jump, because for us to go on an eight game road trip, historical, never been in an eight game road games in a row for us to come out and, and at least start out. I mean, we could lose next two games. I'm hoping we don't, but to start out three, two, and one against mm-hmm. this, this, like these teams we're playing a team that beat us seven, nothing Tampa Bay lightning who are still Stanley cup champs and a Panthers team that's looked very good. I mean, they're second yeah. place in the division that's awesome. I mean, and it's because these, these guys are, are doing the work. I mean, it's, it's not the older names that are really necessarily getting it done. And mean, Crook of course has been a man on fire, but you know, these young guys like carrier carrier is one of the ones that set set them up for one of those goals. They're Mm -hmm. making some smart moves. They, they have energy. They just look more enthusiastic on the ice than some of these veterans do. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you keep the core. I think you keep Yossi, you keep Forsberg, um, you know, you do what you can. I don't know what's happening with ICOM. I know that it's looking like he's going to get moved, but you know, we just haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. But I think there's there's some core there. But we need to give these guys a chance. Now, I'm not no offense to your Brad Richardson's, your Luke Cunningham's, your you know your Eric Hollis, mm-hmm. but the young guys deserve the shot. They've, they've shown already it.
0: shown. So they've already they've already shown that a lot of these moves that David Poyle made over the off season were not necessary. Yeah. I mean, look at some of his offseason moves and how they're they're either out of the lineup as it is, or they're not making very much impact when they are in the lineup right now. Yeah. And so if anything, you look at David Poyle and you look at all these moves he made over the off season and you're like, okay, like these moves did nothing really to make this team better. Nope. You know? Well,
1: you know, I think you know, that with the, you know, with that kind of st- like that line of thinking, it's like, we shouldn't have made that. We don't, maybe we're not going to say we shouldn't have made those moves, but what if we had just given these youth more of a chance and put some, signed some veterans that are a little bit more pricey around them to make them successful? Because, or kept,
0: or kept Craig Smith and Colin Blackwell. I'm going to throw those two names out yeah, there
1: at you. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're right, though. I mean, like we could have paid some people to stay or to, to join the team some more money versus spreading that money out against, you know, a bunch of veterans that are. Just kind of mediocre i mean uh, with the exception of Mikel Granlin, i think that he's been yeah. kind of kind of a, a huge light for the team mm-hmm. but you know everybody else i think we could have signed some bigger names i always forget that guys.
0: i always forget that Grandlin was technically re-signed
1: yeah. you know because he yeah. was
0: uh so I, I don't tend to throw him in that in into that category even though he was technically signed on as well um but i gotta i gotta really tip my cap right now to uc soros Oh, yeah. uh, this guy has been through a lot. He's had a lot of bad luck on his side. He's had terrible play in front of him. He's definitely had some games where he didn't, he wasn't sharp either. I'm not trying to give him a full pass by any means or baby him or give him all these built-in excuses or anything. But this guy came out here and against a ton of pressure.
1: Oh, you know, yeah. there's, a lot of people,
0: there's a lot of people talking about his future being so unknown. Uh, whether it's, I mean, he's going to go somewhere. I'm not like his. I'm not saying his future in the NHL is in jeopardy, but his future in Nashville is definitely in jeopardy. And he went out today and said, "Hey, I, I got every intention to be of being this franchise's starting goaltender whenever Peckarine is ready to move on." Yeah. And so I was really impressed. He made 40 saves tonight on 41 shots. Against an offensive powerhouse mm-hmm. in the yeah. Florida Panthers, uh, this team has uh, in our series this year. the uh, The Panthers have put up a six spot on us. They've they've. I mean, this team has piled up the goals against us this year, and mm-hmm. to hold them to one goal, even though they did get forty one shots on us, tip your cap to UC Soros tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially with one of the more lethal power, point, power plays, you know, he's been yep. – he held strong in that situation. I mean, also, shout out to the penalty kill. The penalty kill, that they played out, yep. out of their minds tonight. They did. To, get, to make sure that they were limiting their chances. Uh, and Part of it wasn't even just the the limiting of the shots, but just keeping them out of the zone and making it so they had to reset. That's yep. something we've had to deal with with our offense, and that's what actually hits us. But I, I love seeing that. I mean, 40, sh- 40 saves, that's just – And Panthers against numbers. that team. They weren't yeah, weak no.
0: shots either. These no. weren't like soft – Easy saves. These no. were really good uh, saves. And then the Panthers, yeah, they went 0 for 3 on the power play tonight. So the Preds also went 0 for 3 on the power play. So special teams, the penalty kills did well, which is unexpected. No one could have planned for that. Um, and then the one goal that the that the Panthers did score on Sarros well, it was just a beautiful really game. beautiful goal. You yeah. tip your cap to the Panthers. A- made that Herbido made that really uh, really good move, and and beat out Soros. You just tip your cap. That was a great goal.
1: But I think was it Herberto that he got the save on as well, where it was like a breakaway save, yeah. and yeah, he tried. He tried, and yep. useless denied him. I mean, it was
0: that's a bad man. Herberto yeah. is a bad man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I did not. I'll be honest. I did not know a lot about him going into this season. I knew Movie of man. him. I didn't know a lot about him. Yeah, this guy is a uh, is a is a beast, and I. Yeah. I I I do not enjoy playing against him. Let's put it that way, uh, <laughs> no. because he he's ate our lunch a couple times this season. But the hey, so the Preds have two wins against the Panthers this season. They've got two wins in a row now against top three teams in the in the division, and they're making things interesting. They're really making things very interesting as the trade deadline <laughs> well, gets closer.
1: You want to listen, you want to hear something crazy? What? we are we're six points out of that fourth place spot, and we play Chicago six times. We still like from from this point on. like and so Chicago Which we don't know what to spot. think. but
0: we really don't know what to think of Chicago. Chicago we is don't. so helter skelter.
1: We don't. I mean, we beat we beat them twice, but it took two overtimes to do it. But I mean, that's the kind of storybook of if you want to if you want to make the playoffs, you got to beat your rival to get it. If you
0: repeat this effort though, that you're showing over these last two games, you got to really like your chances to beat Chicago. I'm not saying let's. I'm not saying let's stick our chest out and say, oh yeah, we're back, baby. I'm not
1: saying that. No, definitely not. not,
0: I don't. I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm going to say right now.
1: But no that's going to make things interesting that's really that's yeah. what the point is it's going to and i wrote wide, wide. i wrote about
0: this on PredLines.com this past week i basically said if the preds continue to win unexpectedly then it's going to make these trade deadline decisions so much more difficult it's yeah. easy if you keep losing if you keep losing it's like okay we play the young guys we we get rid of these guys and we rebuild but that thought is going to keep creeping into the back yep. of your head if the Preds string off four, five, six in a yeah. row somehow, because yeah, so, then you're like, because then you, you can't help but ask yourself: not only should we not ship players off, but are we one player superstar away from making right. our own chess yeah. move? Yeah. So I mean, say they
2: say they take say they win against Florida or they win against Dallas, and then the you know the trade that that two weeks before the deadline's coming up. So you got a good record off this road trip. And then you got to get rid of Ecom. Then yeah. you got to try to trade your own crop. Like, I, it, it's, it's going to hurt,
1: but it's, you know. It's tough. But I mean, at the same time, like, I almost, I'm in a weird school of thought. So it, it's with what I've seen from Carrier and Davies, I, I'm not sweating. I mean, I, I, we don't want to see Ecom go. I don't want to see Ecom go. No. But if he does, I think we've got some good guys that are ready to get some more ice time. Yep. Um. You know, I think Fabro is ready to step up a little bit more. He, it just depends on what kind of Fabro you get. I, mm-hmm. The way I mean, Yarn his, his trade value has kind of gone up, but yeah. I almost would rather keep him over Arvidsson. I would rather Re- say, Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, I'll be
0: mm-hmm. I, I'm right there with you on that. Y- yeah, yeah. So, uh, over Arvidsson all day, even though Arvidsson he, has actually stepped up his play too.
1: He has, but Yarn has a more friendly contract, and you look he forward does. to you know yeah. what we've been doing. And we did all to do all we did to try to protect him in the last expansion. I almost feel like he kind of needs to stay and see what we got. And, and uh, Chris Mason even mentioned it tonight. The things you can't measure with are Yarncroke or the hockey IQ. He just has such a good mm-hmm. hockey IQ uh, for where he is on the ice and what he can do and defensively as a forward, what he's capable of, which was kind of mind-blowing that he wasn't in the last few minutes of the game. But that's kind of where I'm at is, you know, if, if we keep being successful, you know, at home, it's going to be a bummer, but it is what it is. So Yarncroke,
0: Cal Yarncroke's got seven points over his last three games. Uh, he had an assist against the Tampa Lightning in the loss, and then on March 15th he had the four-point game, his first career four-point game. And then this this tonight's game, he had two goals. And so this guy is – we all the numbers up. For, for diehard Preds fans, they've always known what Cal Yarncroke mm-hmm. can produce. Uh, that, that David Leguan Cal Yarncroke trade looks better and better every time we <laughs> see him. And I know that goes way back. But um, I don't see a scenario where the Preds get past the trade deadline with both Ekholm and Croak. I think oh, nice. one of those players are probably not going to be on this team
1: anymore.
2: I'd I'm going to say Ekholm definitely.
1: His contract's is too too friendly for a team not to try to try to give us a large package for. No, there's just
2: too much buzz. There's too much. And it's, buzz too, it's
1: too.
0: It's too. It's it's too bad to see a player that's playing so great for you. Mm-hmm. Both Ekholm and Croak. It's it, it's too bad to see that happen, but it's the nature of the business. And then. I gotta bring this up though. Let's say Ekholm does go to another team, and and Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis come back into the lineup, like we expect them to be in the lineup in the next couple of weeks. That we expect them to be healthy again. Are we really losing that much? Maybe the Preds can keep this defensive impression. You're, you're losing Ekholm. We got to wait and see what we get in return for him. You're still missing Borowiecki. You're still missing Yossi, and you're still missing Ryan Ellis. So you see Ekholm go to go to another. Hear me out. You see Ekholm go to another team. You get a good return out of him, and you get Yossi Ellis and Borowiecki back in the lineup. And you have you can Carrier it and Harper. You can I got, make I got, it through that.
1: I mean, yeah, I got a crazy opinion on it because that's Ben Harper reminds me a lot of Ekholm in terms of his I size, in terms Harper. of his. Ben Harper, his this
0: guy has been so impressive.
1: He's been really awesome to see, especially even in the penalty kill. He's been really good, but he's been one of those players that he's kind of he can create offense from his size and from just his power uh, from the blue line. So it's when I saw him playing with Fabro, I was kind of like, wow, that that guy looks like Ekholm when he's playing with Fabro in terms nope, of how he, he plays. Play it's a really good the comparison. There, the chemistry was there. Yeah, so. That that's kind of the, the what I would see happening is Harper would take over in that spot in that second line, and honestly, and I know that we're paying the guys, so it's kind of like we kind of have to play them. But I would rather see Carrier and Davies over Benning and Borowiecki. Oh, me too. I, I'm I right there they, with you on that. They create I, more I, offense. They're dangerous. I just like them. I think about. I can it better. say that
2: for Borowiecki. he he's kind of I don't know, not really playing as well as I thought <laughs> he should. But I, I like Benning, and I think he does some good stuff. But Man, Carrier is so Benning good. Benning.
0: Hey, let's give some love. I'm gonna give some love to Matt Benning. Matt Benning has been the perfect replacement in my eyes yeah. to Yannick Weber.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, would say him, right. he, he is served. Like I know
0: that's not raising the bar very high, but he but like, there's a think role. Makes- there's a role to play in that spot. No yeah. a third pairing defenseman, you're not asking a third pairing defenseman to go out there and score a bunch of goals and be a game changer, but you need that third pairing defenseman to play 12 13 14 minutes and not make critical mistakes. And for the most part, I don't think Matt Bennings made critical mistakes this season. He's yeah. probably I think, been out-
1: I think Bennings is an upgrade, actually. I think he's smarter yeah. than, than than Weber was in terms of the plays that yeah. he makes. And he has taken a few penalties here, but I mean Weber did the same thing. But I think he is penalties. Well and his penalties have been more I think smart smart penalties, if we can call it that. You know, like he's taken ones that kinda have to be taken, not ones that are necessarily like, Why are you even doing that? That's more what we see in Fabro. I just I really like Carey at the very least. I think Carey and Ben. I love his defending. offensive game. Yeah. I love
0: Carrier's offensive game. I really do.
1: Davies is really growing on me, though. I, I will say, I, I'm liking, oh, yeah. I'm liking smart. what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, Dave, so. Davies
0: plays beyond his beyond his experience. The guy's got a oh, yeah. a handful of games of NHL experience, and he play he's out there playing like he's been in the league for a couple
1: seasons. Yeah. No, when I so, about, When, when y'all talk about
2: out. Yannick Weber, you're forgetting the other player that Benning and Borbieski replaced, Dan no. the Hammer Hamhuis. Oh, uh,
1: we I,
0: <laughs> hey, Don't put don't put any shame on I'm Dan Hamus's name. I love Dan. I'll come, Ham you. I'll come all the way up to Louisville and punch <laughs> him in the face. I loved
2: him, but you you know what I'm talking about.
0: He, he was he was
2: definitely past
0: his prime. <laughs> yeah, but to say That's, the least, like, right. we're, like I, yeah. no one's arguing that. Uh, let's get we're getting off the rails here a little bit. We, yeah, we love we do love Dan Hamus. Uh, Dan yeah. Hamus, the Hammer for sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, we have a future segment coming up. Stay tuned. Uh, listeners and because we have a future segment, it, it's probably going to come in an episode next week. We're going to actually list off the best nicknames in Preds history mm. for Preds players. And Dan the Hammer is a really good one. That is a good so one. So that's I, probably
1: going to make a list. I like Ham Sandwich, but I'm, I'm that's as partial. I'm partial to that one. <laughs> or what was the
0: what was the
2: thing at the Winter Classic? What they call guys? Them?
1: Guys, let's save this for episode twenty nine or episode 30, <laughs> yeah, All right, all right, all you're right, right. right. But uh, we gotta
0: we gotta we gotta keep the, the listeners intrigued here. We gotta keep them hooked. All right, we right, gotta make right, sure right. they want to come back.
1: That's what right. they so, call a, a tease in the
0: biz, right? That's right. <laughs> right. So Cal Yarncroft's up to nine goals on the season, uh, right behind Philip Forsberg for the goal total lead. Um, so that's just amazing in itself right there. Uh, so good things for Cal Yarncroft. Uh Eckholm added another assist to his total in the season. Carrier got an assist on the night. Granlin got an assist. And then, of course, Soros had 40 saves on 41 shots against and the Preds pa- press penalty kill went three for three. Talk about some groundbreaking news there. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so on the season, the Preds are now 13-16-1, and 27 points, six points behind Chicago. They've played one less game than Chicago, so you got that going for Ooh. you. Uh, Columbus is four points ahead. They've also played one more game than the Preds, but you got Dallas, who's played – Four less games in the Preds, and are two points behind. So yeah. you got you got to keep that in mind. Playoff race is just total four through four through seven. So Chicago to Dallas is just a mess.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, roll your well, dice a- and see what comes out.
1: And there's such a big there's such a big gap between four and three because you have yeah. basically a ten point gap. But yeah. I mean, even even Detroit technically they're only one point behind Dallas. So exactly. it's like are, yeah. what do you do but with that?
0: Detroit's Detroit's played 31 games. So I mean yeah. you gotta thank Detroit, but Detroit showed a lot of fight. Um you can't take any game in this division lightly. I think no. the Preds have proven that. Mm-hmm. And if if nothing else, before we move on to the next segment, if nothing else, I think the Preds are gonna be hella spoilers. Going down the stretch. Yeah. I think that teams like Florida and Tampa, or if you got a team like Columbus or, or Chicago or Dallas, they're battling for that fourth spot. I think that they don't want to play the Preds because the Preds are going to go in there not giving, um, not giving to you know what. Yeah. If you know what I'm trying to say here, uh, not to get they too do. explicit. And, and so, uh, if nothing else, I think the Preds are going to still be a fun team to watch the rest of the season. We got that going for us. And let's see what happens. You yeah. never know. They could they could trade a bunch of players, get aggressive, and still figure out a way to win games. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of what,
3: like, that's they what were the – like,
0: Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's what these last two games have shown me is sometimes we can sit here and think we know what's going to happen. We can say, right. oh, mm-hmm. we can analyze the rosters – we can say, "Oh, the Preds are this, and the the Tampa Lightning are this." But hockey is a weird sport. We've said this before on the show, um, and it is. And tonight proved that hockey is a weird sport. And you know. so the Preds win again. So let's go. Let's go to the. Let's go to our next segment of the Catfish Nice podcast, episode twenty-eight, brought to you by DraftKings, and we're featured on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that's our biggest takeaways from the first half of the season. Because believe it or not, we have passed the midway point of the season it's flying by by. it really is and then hopefully by the time we get back to next season it will be back to that normal 82 game season where you get to play ottawa every now and then (laughs) (laughs) you know but um (laughs) but anyway uh we're going to talk about the canada division later on in the episode with rick stevens of uh rocket sports radio and the all halves podcast he's going to get us caught up on the canada division and stuff but until we get to that Let's talk about our biggest takeaways from the first half half of the season, gentlemen. Colin, how about you bring us up bring up some of your biggest takeaways?
1: Yeah, I think for me there, there's a couple of them it's the first thing start out kind of what we said earlier, that they got the youth should have gotten a chance from the beginning. Um they've proven that. I am curious to see what our record would be if we had had more time for them to get to some cohesiveness and, and to get used to the ice and the speed of the game. Um, if it happened sooner rather than waiting for injuries to do it but they've they've shown us that they're they're the reason we have a chance because they've what they might not show up in the statue, but what they bring in terms of energy and enthusiasm and just determination that that can't be measured. And it's showing up in terms of how the team plays. Um, I still think this the team lacks an identity, and I'll kind of get to that in a second here, But I would say that if they, if they do have an identity, it's because of the youth, and that is their identity is we're a young team, we're scrappy. We're not gonna make it easy for you. Uh, we might you know you might get us down, but you're not going to get us out. You know, at the beginning of the season when we saw, like, the Dallas game, the 7-0 blowout, it's like, okay, the wheels fell off. There was no fight left. You know, recently we can't, We went down, what was it, 3-0, and we can't, We crawled back, and we almost made it mm-hmm. a game. We almost tied it up, and that that just was unthinkable at the beginning of the season based on how the team played, what happened when they got down, what their mindset was. So I, I got to say, the youth deserve every opportunity they can get, you know, going forward. Um, I wish we had started them sooner, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 Speaking of Heinz, um I was going to say no <laughs> but, pun
0: intended, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, well, I, you know I was going to say it. I, <laughs> I, just, I do not think Hines is the guy. Uh, and I you want know, to say that unequivocally. I, you know, nothing against the guy. Personally, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He seems like a nice human being. As a coach, not doing it for me. I mean, this team, like I said earlier, this team has no identity in terms of what they are. We don't know they're offensively. Kind of by the,
0: they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. They are. So you know, just and, like, and I think
1: – our, 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 the reason we we get successful is if guys can somehow create opportunities for themselves, if there's some lucky moments, if it's these young guys just showing off natural talent. I mean, you think about if we didn't have Ellie Tolman in the lineup who's just a raw, talented product on the ice, what would this team look like in terms of our power play wouldn't be where it is, our, our scoring opportunities may not be what they are. Um, he's made people better, but it's the youth that have made people better, but it's not the system. The system is still very flawed. The, the transitional game is still very bad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to knock the, that we've got, you know, got this two game win streak and we're three, two and one on this road trip, but at the same time, like there are still some of the same issues that we've seen since the beginning of the year. And let's not act like the team was a bunch of world beaters before these injuries. Then that's why I kind of go back to you. This is all in the youth because the youth are the reason we're still contending. I mean, we could have just as easily fallen off the wagon because we've got, you know, our six of our best players theoretically out of, out of the game on injury or whatever it is, and. That you know, I'm gonna count Luke Sabisa in in that spot. So I gotta get some love. Also to (laughs) speak
0: so so to speak on what you're saying about uh the youth movement and everything, this is happening kind of not it's kind of forced to been happening. Like this wasn't by choice. This wasn't something John Hines went out and did. This is he had no choice, and so um it's nice to see this happening, but and, and and all that all that stuff, but at the same time, it's not like some big decision was made by the organization and by the leadership of this organization to say, you know what, we're going to make this move right now. No, it just happened because so many rash of key injuries happened in such a short amount of time. I mean, yeah. when, when when Duchesne went down and then when Yossi went down and Ryan Ellis, and I mean, it was like every day you're waking up and a new key player was added to the IR, so yeah, and that, that's why we're seeing what we're seeing with these young players and luckily it's actually been a breath of fresh air
1: well the thing is i don't think we've even reached the nearly the full potential of what these youth can do i mean we potential mm-hmm. theoretically like you're gonna you're gonna reach a potential in two or three years but even for the potential on the season i don't i think the, the youth are kind of limited because there's not been consistency i mean let's face it like like we said, I said in an earlier episode, like John Hines doesn't even match his socks. Like the dude switches the lines every other game. And I don't know how these guys, I, sorry, I don't know how these guys, you know, how they get any kind of consistency or any kind of rhythm when they're playing with two, two different guys every night. It just doesn't make sense to me. But that kind of goes back to the identity thing of like, we still, you know, for the first couple weeks, I was like, okay, you know what? Short training camp. Let's feel it out. Let's see what works. This is March. Like we're, it's March, you know, March 18th. And no. we've had maybe maybe four games where the Lions have been the same as the game prior or, you know, at least similar to another game's lineup. We just don't see it. Yeah, so it's just it's one of those things where I think consistency has been a struggle. We're kind of getting what the rap was on John Hines and kind of he is what he is. And so, you know, uh, do we does he finish out the season? If we keep on the, con- the current trend, sure, I'll get in that. If we're doing some sort of rebuild or even retooling, I want to coach with an identity. I want a coach that's yeah. going to build something that's going to make something of this team, of what we have. Um, I'm I'm Team Gronberg, but that's just me. But that's kind you're of Team Gronberg. You're swaying me that way. That's definitely. a new T-shirt. Hey, that's a new yeah. T-shirt
0: idea. Don't get don't, to, get don't get don't get started to, on that. i always kind
2: of <laughs> I've always been one of the ones to say give him another year, but I'm kind of swaying towards. So towards what you're saying, so Rich,
0: R- Rich? How about you uh, talk about another takeaway from the mid? From the first half of the season,
2: so yeah. So when we were, you know, looking at everything in the off season, I don't know if we like thought that everything would be fine, or if we tricked ourselves into thinking everything well, would be fine.
0: I think but, no. I, th- I think I think we were all very fair to predict a fourth place yeah. finish. Well, I do think, place, but
2: I, I never would have seen like I never would have thought they'd be where they are right now. And what the the takeaway from the from the First half would be if things would have just been a little bit different, then they wouldn't be in this huge hole they're in right now. And that's what that's what the okay. frustrating part is. We see how well they're playing now, and it yes. is because of the youth. And it's it's so frustrating because they well, could not be, all the youth, you know, not all the youth, not all of them. A but, big part of it know,
0: is, but a big part we're, of it. we're, we're yeah. finally getting some strong goaltender play too, though. Yeah, we
2: are. You're right but, and I think the, the good thing about the the youth movement is we can kind of thank the taxi squad for that because those guys are getting to play, you know, and practice with the main squad. Hard and point. that's, and that's, what's good. I mean, point. We know that, you know, they're, they're normally in Milwaukee, but now they're in Chicago and I know they play similar systems so that they can come up to to play with the predators, but you know, there's a big difference between practicing in Chicago or wherever and actually practicing with the main squad. So
0: you know, you know yeah. who's looking really good right now, even Thompson, better than. No, well, no, who, who even who's <laughs> who looking even say? who's looking even better than they already looked at the at the towards the end of last season before the pause. That's that's our guy Carl Taylor, coach of the Milwaukee Admirals, because yeah. this guy was coaching a lot of these players, not all of them, but a yeah. lot of. them. Yeah. And I mean, these, a lot of these kids are coming in, into the NHL, and it's like, yeah, they're making their mistakes. Like, of course they are. They're going to make mistakes. But
1: they're 23 and 25 years old. So
0: they're playing beyond their years. Like, I haven't yeah. seen one rookie or one young player on this team make such a bad mistake in a, or such a bad game start to finish where I was like, okay, this guy does not belong. And then they yeah. get him out of here as soon as we can get him out.
2: I haven't okay. seen one. And I think if you didn't have that taxi squad, we would have never seen. That's they a great wouldn't point to make. As great much point they, to make, yeah.
1: well, I was going yeah. well, to ask, like, what are your thoughts on – because I, I know our uh, beloved CJ, he would feel very strongly against this, but I kind of like the taxi squad moving forward just because it gives you a way yeah. to look at some of those guys that are kind of on the it's, cusp. It, it's and, a
0: good thing. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. Yeah, but so but that's, why, that's why Rich bringing that up is a really – that's a really solid point. I didn't think about it from that perspective. Having this yeah. taxi squad has actually worked—you can argue has worked in the Preds' favor very strongly this oh, season. Yeah. It's actually kept them their heads above water. If they yeah. didn't have that taxi squad to turn to, yeah. man, they, they they probably would be behind the Detroit Red Wings in the playoffs like, do you or, think, or in, in the division right now.
2: Do you think they would have called up Rim Pitlick if the taxi squad was not been? It, it's so it? hard to
0: say. You don't know. Oh, yeah. You don't know yeah. how they would have handled it. It's so yeah. we'll never know, but I, yeah. I don't feel good about it. I don't think they would have made the right decision. I think they probably would have done something dumb. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay. So here's a big one I have. Uh, so the obvious choice is to say Ellie Tolvenin. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. that's that's everyone's <laughs> biggest like takeaway from Because everyone was so on the fence about whether he was ever going to stick on the NHL lineup. I think he's proven he's here to stay. So uh, Tolvanen's taking over. Uh, Every game we watch, we can't wait to see another Tolvanen goal. And so I think that's a really strong, solid, big takeaway from the first half of the season. This one's a little bit more – I got two ones that are really negative for me because we're all kind of talking positive here with the youth movement (laughs) and all that. I don't know. I I'm going to bring
1: just, it. I kind of just, I kinda, I kinda oh, just no, said, said five but
0: I'm yeah, going we to <laughs> damper it down a little bit, though, even further. Then, yeah, we were. Are we really going to say we're tricked? Are we going to play victims here, Rich? I don't know. I'm going
1: to <laughs> no, no, right. pull up the clip of
0: I can't believe they tricked us. I pulled
1: the clip of I was hoodwinked, bamboozled. Hey,
0: right. yeah. <laughs> hey, we, hey, I mean, we got to take.
1: Were we not, though? We were told, we were
2: like, Johansson's going to have an awesome year next year. Duchesne's going to have an awesome year. And the videotape.
0: The videotape yeah. doesn't lie. We can go back to early episodes and see what we were saying.
2: I don't and Poyle, know. Poil
1: even said it by word that it was going to be a youth movement. We were yeah. Youth, and then we that's were patronized true. after that. So yeah, that's the biggest
0: yeah. one. That's that's yeah. one right there. Yeah. What Poil yeah. said. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So here's mine. All right. So we just saw UC Soros have this 40 safe spectacular game, help carry the Preds to victory. I don't think one great game completely settles our uncertainty with Soros right now. I was hoping that going into this season that Soros was going to take control and just leave no shadow of a doubt that he is at least the primary goaltender until Yaroslav Eskarov As- gets here. And so now now we're kind of left in this gray area of what are we going to do, and we've only got like 27, 26 games to figure it out before the Preds have to decide what they're going to do with Soros, what they're going to do with Pekarine. And all this stuff, it would be much easier to deal with this if Soros just. I'm just
1: not saying job. he's going
0: to do what he, I'm not going. I'm not saying he's going to do what he did every did tonight, every game. But we need more consistency from him. We also need more consistency from the team in front of him, obviously. But that's kind of a takeaway for me out of the first half of the season is I haven't seen enough from him to feel totally confident that he's going to be our goaltender opening night for next season.
1: Well that's the thing is and like we said last episode, if it was Star Wars' job, he would have taken it. He's yeah, not exactly. done that, you know, demonstratively. And the thing is He did tonight this, though. He did very well tonight. I gotta give him props I me mean, forty saves is forty saves. That's incredible. But I will say that something to consider is that he says he wants to be here now, and he wants to be our starting goaltender. That's what you want someone that's on the team under contract right now to say realistically he's up after this year he can go yep. and and someone like a Seattle he's a
0: restricted free agent. So I'm I got, you know, I know that gets a little more complicated, but it does,
1: but someone like Seattle could pay him and yeah. we can, and they could pay him a lot more, or they could say, you know, if you let us sign him, we won't take anybody else. We won't take a Fabro, Won't take a, you know, whoever we want to protect. Cause I mean, obviously we're now in this place where we're having to think about guys like Carrie and Davies possibly being up for expansion. Um, And so it's like, you know, what kind of, what kind of deal can we make with them? Where if they say, we'll take sorrow, take those guys. Yeah. It puts us in a position, but you know he may not even I think, be in the Preds jersey next year.
0: I think I think Soros is going to have to keep the Preds, uh, basically make the Preds make the decision where you don't want to let me go. Like he, His play is going to have to speak for itself, kind of like what you're saying. If, if it was his job, he would have taken it already. I think that's what Soros is going to have to do over the second half of the season is he's going to have to yeah. give the Preds no choice but to say, yeah, you want me. I'm your well, guy
1: and he wasn't mentioned in those uh those untouchable conversations when you know they're yep. mentioning like the other guys and i think that that's telling you something i mean especially with there are some goalie needy teams even philadelphia could probably use another goalie behind and it all depends. struggled or yeah i mean there's a lot of different things and it out all depends
0: there. on and it all depends on what Pecorino wants to do as yeah. well so it's just there's a lot up in the air but that's that's one big takeaway for me from the first half is that uc Soros has not been able to fully grasp that starting role yet. And I, by this time, I was hoping that he would have it. No questions Definitely. about it. I, I was really hoping right. that as much as I love Pecorino, I was hoping by now that Pecorino was just a spot starter. Like he'd come in every now and then, give you a good start, um, but that Soros was the guy. Now, obviously, Soros got hurt. That's not his fault, obviously. But um, at the same time, I was hoping that he, he would have more control over that starter's role, and he doesn't right now, even after tonight's spectacular game my other one is what we already touched on basically with John Hines um he's basically proven to me that he's not the long-term answer even though I'm not on the side of firing him right now mid-season I don't see him making it to next season as the head coach I don't know what the unless the Preds pull off the most miraculous 25 game stretch in NHL history (laughs) um I don't see how the Preds keep John Hines um going into next season. So that kind of cleared a, this first half of the season's cleared a lot up for me when it comes to how I feel about John Hines and him not being the long-term future at head coach.
1: Yeah, I, we have more questions than answers. I think even, you know, David Poley, the only thing that's been his saving grace is the fact that the youth have done well because he can kind of go back to well, I traded for those guys or I drafted those guys. But before those guys got some action, a lot of people wanted to pull his head. I mean, it it was, it was as much as you've done for us. Good. You know, it was kind of those, you know, you live long, you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It was that situation. And I think he's been given some grace, but I think by the time the season's over, if things don't pan out a certain way, whether it's, you know, at least finishing fifth or sixth and being a spoiler or Mm -hmm. something along those lines, people are going to be like asking those questions of, you know, is it, is it time for a new GM and who is that new GM going to be? And, do we keep it with the, you know, the NHL's love some nepotism, but do we keep it with the, you know, his son or go in a different direction? But I will say about the pecarina piece of it, I mean, here, you know, in the stats portion of this, and get this is really a detailed stat, but his save percentage is actually above what it was last year. I mean, he's played better than what he did last year so far. I'm not saying it's a long term solution for us, but if he can give us another year, or oh maybe yeah, maybe even two years yeah. It's kind of like, you know, let's go with him and let's see what we have in Ingram. And when I'm not comparing
0: I'm not putting him on the on the elite status of Tom Brady in football, but it feels yeah. like <laughs> it feels like we're just gonna try to keep talking Pecorino into coming back for one more year. You gotta and, will it. And really, I'm, i just, something tells me that Pecorino is like, I mean, as much as he loves this organization, uh something tells me this dude's kind of ready to he's to, t- yeah. to retire. I don't know. We'll see what happens and, with that. Like, I can't wait just- to see.
1: We so loved by the fan base. Like, I mean, he could have a goal a night where he lets in three goals, and they're they're clearly his fault. But the fans are going to yeah. be like, "No, we're our defensemen, It's their fault." Like, he's yep. just <laughs> yeah, he's I don't know. There,
0: hey, there were there were some fans coming at him with pitchforks in that yeah. 2018 series when we lost to Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, and that yeah. Was Game
0: Seven because he he had a pretty bad game there, and there yeah. were fans saying he's done. I never want to see him play. I remember it playing his day. I wish I had him screenshotted. Uh, they were, they were these, there were fans in droves, like the angry mob, like get Pecorini out of here. He's over the hill. Um, yeah, he cost really, us another Stanley Cup run, like all this, but he's only they for 2.42
1: goal, you know, save percent or goals yeah. against average, and the save percentage is 9.18. 9, 9, so he's not, I, I think that yes, he is definitely like taking a step back, but he's not done. If he wants to yeah. continue, that's another,
0: he, hey, that's another good, uh, takeaway to bring pull out of the first half of the season. If we're talking about this segment here, is. Pecorino has shown us he's not ready to hang it up yet.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's another good totally one to pull ready. out of this
0: first half. Yeah, so uh, it's been a roller coaster for sure. But when did the Preds that they always put us on this roller coaster? I mean, that's yeah. part of being a fan of this of this organization, to be quite honest. Yeah. And man. so uh, I gotta say one thing. So we're getting into the whole, uh, you know, of course we're presented by DraftKings and everything. And you got the daily fantasy. Everyone gets to set their lineups. So I'm playing fantasy hockey this year for only the second time in my life, and I can tell you, fantasy <laughs> hockey is like a full time job. Like I feel it like is. I need to. I feel like I need to quit my full time job to play fantasy hockey because it's like you got to set your lineup every day and you got to go through you all this. That, I'm hor-
1: full this disclosure. i hor- <laughs>
0: Yeah. Full disclosure. I'm horrible at it. But I made a pretty key preds lineup decision. So I have two players on my fantasy team. Does anyone want to take a guess on who those two players are?
1: UC Sarles and Cali Arncro?
0: <laughs> no. Philip Forsberg. No, I wasn't good enough no? to get Philip Forsberg.
1: Mm. Mm. Um I don't know. Hmm.
0: both of them were waiver wire pickups, if that actually helps you at all. They weren't drafted. Other teams oh. dropped them.
1: LA, well, not oh ooh. So not Ellie Tolvin, I don't think. No. Mikael Granlin?
0: Granlin's one, yes. Who's the okay. other one?
1: Um, uh, trying to think who
0: I picked. A, I've I've had granland on my team for a while now. This other guy I picked up like in the last week and a half. He was just floating around out there, and I'm like, I'll take him.
1: Sakarina? No.
0: caller There, <laughs> No. Hell, no. hell, no.
1: <laughs> I'm not that uh, bad at fantasy hockey. Okay, help us out here. For defenseman or forward? He's a forward. Uh, Mac- Nick Cousins.
0: I mean, eventually you got to get the player right. You're running out no, of players. <laughs> Victor Arvidsson.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay.
0: I took him. I took a flyer on him because he's been playing so good lately. And yeah. guess who? So I had to pick between one or the other to start my lineup tonight because I had That's one open a slot. And I took
1: Victor Arvidsson. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> but you, hey, uh, here's why. Hey. Hear me out. This scoring system, you get a lot of points for shots on goal. You
1: do, mm-hmm. and he takes a lot. Oh, did, yeah. I mean, gets a lot of shots on goals. So I,
0: I, that played. I haven't checked the t- the, score, the scores to see you got me more points tonight, but um, I just want to throw that throw that in there because uh, I do have a couple of press players on my fantasy team. Maybe that's why I'm like two and seven on the season.
1: It's, it's, <laughs> it's because I got
0: some press players on my team, but um, but anyway, all right. So uh, th- that wraps it up for this segment. And coming up next, we have a really awesome interview lined up for you with uh Rick Stevens of All Habs podcast he covers the Montreal Canadiens he covers the entire north division the Scotia north division correct Colin that's their sponsor yeah, Scotia right? north yep yeah. yeah Scotia north which is from afar has been a really entertaining division so mm-hmm. we wanted to bring him on the podcast to get us all caught up on everything that's going on in that division it's if you look at the standings right now that division is Very gonna be really really fun to watch over these last few weeks yeah. So we're going to bring him on. He's coming up in the next segment. You're listening to episode 28 of the Catfish on Ice podcast. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Minton with Rich Howe and Colin Blunder, And we'll see you right back here for the next segment. All right. Welcome back to the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode 28, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And of course, as always, we are presented by DraftKings. So go get that uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app and have a lot of fun with the March Madness that is starting. And also use that promo code THPN. And so to round out episode 28, this is uh, Chad Mitten, your host, with Rich Howe joining the discussion as well. We've got an awesome guest for all of our listeners, and that is... absolutely. Rick Stevens of Rocket Sports Radio, who which is a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. They cover a lot of stuff going up in the North Division and all of the Canada-based teams. And so we really wanted to have him join the show and get us all caught up in all the craziness and all the entertainment and all the fun that's going on in that division. So, Rick, how are you doing today, man?
3: Listen, I'm doing great. Thanks, Chad. Uh, thanks, uh, Rich. Uh, thrilled to be on the Catfish on the Ice podcast. Go ahead,
0: awesome, to have you. awesome. So uh, you primarily cover the Montreal Canadiens, correct?
3: Primarily, we cover the Montreal Canadiens, although we have a uh, a group in in uh, in the states that cover the the Flyers too. But but for the most part, we cover the, the Canadians and uh, the North Division.
0: Awesome, awesome. So you got it. So naturally, I'm going to start my first of all. Let me, let me let me start by saying this. I really, as a Preds fan, and I think a lot of Preds fans would agree. I think Rich would probably agree with me as well. We I miss playing those 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 Canada teams with all that tradition. Like a lot of times, it's, mm-hmm. most of the time it's an Eastern Conference team. We, we do play Calgary and Vancouver and Edmonton a little bit more often. But playing teams like Toronto every now and then or playing teams like Montreal, it, it's always exciting as a Preds fan to, to play those teams because we don't get to see those traditional teams very often. So I do miss playing the Canada-based teams this season, except for one team. I do not miss Winnipeg. They can never <laughs> come back ever, and I, I won't be upset over it. I'm, I'm glad that they're doing their own thing in another division. But other than that, I really do miss playing Canada teams. But i we, I got to start with this. As Preds fans, how's our boy Shea Weber doing? we still missing to this day. And so i got to ask you, how, how, what is, what is Shea Weber really meant to the franchise it's hard to believe that it's been since 2016, since that trade with PK Subban happened, a blockbuster trade. And so just tell us what how Shea Weber's doing this season and what he's kind of meant to the franchise since he's since when he came to the Montreal Canadiens.
3: Well, I'll just say that that we miss we miss the Preds too. And and it's kind of ironic that the season ended last year, last game before the the pause was uh the Preds winning four oh, two yeah. in Montreal uh, well, on, on yeah. March 10th. So it's, it's, wow. uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's been that long, um, since we've had that connection. And, and the funny thing is that, uh, Shea Weber, uh, uh captain wonderful, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a face of the franchise now, uh, in Montreal. Uh, okay. he on, uh, February the 2nd, I believe, played his 1000th NHL, uh, game and, Had the season continued last year, I kind of mapped it out, it might have happened uh, in Nashville, uh, which is unfortunate that that didn't all work out. Um, But he's, um, you know, he's had some milestones this year, the 1,000 game. Uh, He moved into 10th place all time for power play goals. He's... Certainly since the coaching change and Alex Burroughs coming in and taking over the uh the power play. Shea Weber is a folk focus piece of of uh the Alex Burroughs power play. Um Shea Weber will never be appreciated as much as he should be in Montreal. Um, and that's just because of the way he came in uh being traded yeah. for PK Super. Absolutely. And and yeah. and that's just unfortunate. And I yeah. mean there's there's he's he's not uh he's not a french speaking captain of a of of the montreal Canadiens. so he's, there's yeah. going to be that issue too but uh listen he gives last night t- more than 25 minutes uh in the game against winnipeg and uh that's nine just nine amazing nine to me
0: his longevity is just really amazing to me um
3: and the amazing I- thing is he hasn't played in montreal with a true uh first pairing defenseman on on bus- beside him
0: wow yeah that's um, the way I can tell you right now that Preds fans still miss him dearly. Mm-hmm. So it's good to, but it uh, we've always say that we talk about this with uh, past players or if players end up moving on to other teams that we love as hard as it would be to see them succeed on other teams. There's certain players that we're like, we want to see them succeed no matter who they're playing for. And mm-hmm. Shea Weber's totally one of them. So I can go ahead and tell you right now, uh, that there's a lot of Preds fans around here who would love to see the Montreal Canadiens do well because that means Shea yes. Weber's doing well. So um, it's good to hear that he's doing some good things for them and all that. So uh, yeah,
2: and he's, and he's got that he's got that awesome shot. That's what we really miss is that that hard fast shot that scares people so much. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's well, what we like.
3: Yeah, it's it, and Alex Burroughs says he 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 wants uh Shea Weber to shoot uh from everywhere possible because uh the opposing teams have to have to game plan for it. They have to defend against it, and uh that opens up opportunities uh for exactly. other players.
2: Yeah. So let me ask you real quick. So we know that Toronto is is in first place up there, uh, but barely. They're just hanging on by a point or two. So who else is standing out in the the division to you? Like um, I know Toronto, it's so close. I mean, the, the central is like between fifth and first, it's like a big, huge disparity in points. And, and the, the central is like very tight or the, the, the North division is very tight.
3: It is the top six teams. The only one that's really out of it is, is Ottawa. Uh, Toronto uh, poor was ex-
0: Ottawa. poor. Ottawa, <laughs> yeah,
3: no, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They got some great young talent, but it's going to yeah. be a while. Yeah. Uh Toronto is is uh was supposed to uh be the the class of of the north but um don't count of Winnipeg I know you don't want to talk about Winnipeg but <laughs> no. uh they have a talented roster there. Uh Edmonton's made a push uh over the yeah. the last uh, couple of weeks. Which everyone kind um, of
0: expects Edmonton to take that next step. I know I've been that way for yeah, a couple of seasons now. I'm like, okay, I see the top end talent with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, and they're obviously doing what they always do this season. They're just going on a tear, but they just haven't taken that next step, and so they're they're lingering, like you said.
3: Well, McDavid, uh, is there anyone that's going to touch him for for the hearts? Uh, he's just uh, running away with it, and his, uh, and
0: his I, numbers are. I looked at his numbers today, just because I don't follow it as closely as you definitely do, but um, I mean his his numbers are just like. I say this all the time. They're like something you would do on a video game.
3: Yeah. And,
0: I mean, it's just the dude is an incredible player. But So, he Edmonton sure is. is one of those natural teams that you're like, okay, I'm waiting for them to really explode. But, yeah, give us some of your other – kind of give us a rundown on some other teams that are kind of lingering that that are impressing you.
3: Well, I th- I think in um in the north you've got uh, uh it, it centers are a feature and we mentioned Edmonton you have McDavid and Drysaitel, in Toronto you have Matthews and Tavares, um, in Winnipeg you have Scheifele and now Dubois is there, uh, but uh, Patterson in Vancouver he's injured right now but uh, it they're strong up the middle each team is strong up the middle and that's that's a problem that the Canadians have been having. The other part of it is um, you've got some great goaltending going on. You've got Hellebuck, uh, Vesna, reigning rain, uh, Vesna winner in in Winnipeg. You've got uh, Thatcher Demko, who's been amazing in yeah. Vancouver. Uh, this year, slow start, but he's he's been he's been terrific. Um, so th- there's been a, a lot of storylines in the North. There's been. Uh, some coaches uh, both in Calgary and Montreal and actually multiple coaches in Montreal that got fired. So uh, it's been a bit of a a drama soap opera and, and with the Canadian media's focus on it uh, everything's gotten kind of exaggerated and overblown.
0: Yeah. To be expected to be expected. Uh, I know going into the season when we saw this division realignment and we all saw the, um, the making of an all Canada division, we were all like, Oh my gosh, this is the best possible mm-hmm. scenario. We could get out of this situation. We find ourselves in like an all Canada division, please sign me up for that. Yes. So, um, so uh, th- I'm going to circle back to the Montreal Canadians. Cause uh, you do cover them uh, primarily. And there's a lot of interest in the Canadians, even in Nashville, believe it or not, mainly because of Shea Weber and our love for him. But I do want to get your thoughts on because I think the Canadians have been, a, at least from my point of view, they've been a surprise team for me. Um, I don't want to go back and look at my division preseason predictions, but I don't think I had the no. Canadians in the top four, that's for sure. So I, I'm definitely wrong on that so far. But kind of give us your overall thoughts on on the Canadians and because, I mean, I'm looking at it going into the Monday slate of games here. Uh, they're in the fourth position, so that's impressive to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's been a, an absolute roller coaster for the Canadians. They burst out of the gate. Uh, they were they were outscoring, uh, not playing great defense, but they were outscoring everybody in the first month of the season. Uh, early February, um, they were I, I think it was seven two and one, something like that. They were on top of of the NHL, um, and then things starting started to tighten up in the division. And, um, you know, the Canadians lost, had a a lengthy losing streak, five games. Uh, February was a bit of a disaster. And in that, uh, with expectations being high, Mark Bergevin had gone out and and added uh, Jake Allen, added uh, Tyler Toffoli, added Josh Anderson added Joel Edmondson, um, and so expectations were really high, and and when the team started to struggle, when the, the, the scoring dried up and the uh, uh, defensive holes were exposed, uh, that's when Mark Bergevin went, fired Claude Julien, uh, Kirk Muller, uh, goaltending coach Stefan Waite uh, a week later, and so it was a rather large yeah. upheaval there. Uh, but Mark Bergevin is serving notice that uh, he feels he put the team together uh, that can compete for a playoff spot, and um, and and wants the team to meet expectations. We remember, uh, you know, uh, Canadians weren't a very good team last year, 24th in the NHL, and so for them to to move up to oh 14th, 15th position that they are now is 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 a step in the right direction. But Mark Bergevin has higher goals, and so uh, that's that's been the issue.
2: That's great. Um, so I had a question for you. So I just recently started getting into, like, the, the history of the NHL, and, you know, the Predators are a young team. They, they, you know, didn't start until 1998, and the Canadians are obviously one of the original six. I was just wondering what it's like for you to cover, like, an original six team and just, like, with the fans and all the tradition that comes with it
3: well it's uh it's been a pleasure to to be part of of um, you know covering the team uh seeing your hockey heroes uh that you grew, grew up and watched on TV and followed you see them in the building and coming back mm-hmm. and uh it was it was the hundredth anniversary uh now it's back to two thousand nine wow. uh that uh, that wow. that happened, but I'll never forget that was. That was one of the greatest hockey nights of my life uh seeing every hockey hero uh, of the canadians come out onto the ice former captains uh and celebrate the 100th uh, anniversary and it was just uh in in the the bell center and and there was uh, with the ghost of the montreal forum present uh wow. it was it was uh it was uh, an amazing experience and and yes it's it's an absolute pr- pleasure to uh to be covering the team
0: and I'm not awesome. I'm not sure Rick if you know this or not but we are always the subject of banner jokes down here in <laughs> for our I think we have three three lonely banners hanging in our rafters at Bridgestone arena but when you go into a place like Montreal's arena and you see all those banners I mean it's it's pretty amazing yeah. to see and so just to follow up on rich rich's question there all I can say is, I mean, the Preds are a fun team to watch, but like Rich just said, very young team still. Uh, We're still trying to get that uh, elusive first Stanley Cup. But, um, yeah, so covering a team like that's got to be amazing. Got one more question for you, Rick, before we uh, let you out of here. You've been a pleasure to have on. This is, again, episode 28 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Uh, We're uh, wrapping up episode 28 uh, tonight, and – Okay, so, Rick, I got to ask you this. So, uh, it's obviously a superstar. It's turning into a superstar-driven league, I feel like, Uh, in the NHL. uh, You know, fans, a lot of your casual fans are going to really draw towards players like Connor McDavid and and Austin Matthews. But give me some, like, under-the-radar players that maybe you have on – that maybe you've noticed that are performing really well right now in the North Division, maybe players that me and Rich – don't even know about or we haven't heard about because I would I would love for you to kind of enlighten us because um, that's something that that that's going to interest all of the diehard hockey fans
3: well one uh, one player who uh, is making the the rounds and and I'll speak about a Canadians player uh, is Alexander Romanov and okay. um, and and he was uh, he was a surprise pick uh, uh, by Trevor Timmons Uh, second round. He was an off the radar pick um, and this is his rookie year. And uh, the Canadians thought so much of him that they brought him to the bubble last year. He wasn't eligible, eligible, eligible to play, but they wanted him to have that experience so that when he stepped into the roster, he would have the familiarity of the team and he has been um, uh, noticed by other teams. He's, uh, he skates well. He he hits like a truck. Um, and Alexander Romanov, uh, I think, uh, once once everything's back to normal and uh, and he starts making the rounds uh, to the rest of the NHL, uh, teams are going to start to notice uh, Alexander Romanov.
0: All right, it's definitely a good pe- player to to keep on our radars down here in the Nashville area uh, for sure. Uh, So, uh, Rick Stevens of Rocket Sports Radio And also covers the Montreal Canadiens And the North Division Uh, That's why we had him on Because we knew you'd have a wealth of knowledge And you've been awesome We appreciate it Uh, Maybe later in the season If things get even more crazy Because I'm telling you That division Going into Monday's games One through five Is within, I believe Is it eight points? It's very close That's right Six points yeah. actually.
2: Montreal's got 34 and Toronto's at 40. So
0: yeah, but you've got you've got even Vancouver, Calgary, you got yeah. Van, you got Vancouver lingering around. You've even got Calgary. Yep. Uh, this all division schedule is and this goes for every division, just makes things so interesting because mm-hmm. you can make up ground so quick if you go on a hot streak. So um and really it's appreciate be, it,
3: Rick. It's going to be very interesting. I I know you guys probably don't probably don't want to hear it, but if Matthias Eckholm makes yeah. his way north to <laughs> oh, gosh. Toronto or Winnipeg or Montreal. And uh, that's going to be, uh, it's going to change things.
0: And he's another one of those players. We, well, we will be very happy for him if he finds success on another team, because he's another ultimate professional and just a great, great person, team player. So if, if he finds a, a good landing spot on a, on a playoff contending team that can win him a cup, we'd be, we'd be, we'd all be happy for him down here. So, uh, so, Rick, thanks a lot. And we are going to wrap up episode 28 right now of the Catfish Nice podcast. We appreciate you uh, watching on Twitter and listening along and downloading the podcast on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts, all your major podcast platforms. Please follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. This is Chad Winbridge with Rich Howe. Right, we will see you for episode 29 uh, next time. Until then, everyone take care and be
1: safe. What's up, everybody? It's Jeremy from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro-culting guy. For, he's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals.
0: That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had
1: the Blues in our division this year because we are trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. let's welcome to the show? Goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belphold. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny.
2: The, the show started out with uh, basically uh, a beer league hockey team.
1: And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts.